You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Once again, it was all about what happens on the ground against the defense. The Carolina Panthers rushed 46 times for 223 yards on the other side. The Hawks were not able to get the run game going. Just 14 carries for 46. Geno had an up and down type of day. He threw one interception early on the very first play from scrimmage for this offense. Then threw an interception late. He thought he was going to have a free play. Um, maybe there's a penalty there. That wasn't the case. So there's two interceptions there. But overall, he was 21 of 36, three touchdowns leading receivers for the Seahawks Marquis Goodwin have five for 51 and a late touchdown second game in a row you get touchdowns from DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett defensively Cody Barton led the tacklers for this defense 15 tackles right now had 11 Jordan Brooks had 10 when you look at this overall offense third down is always a number I love to look at in the Seahawks were six for 13 on third down started off the game pretty good but then kind of fills it out towards the end the Carolina Panthers were also six for 13 on third downs it comes down to making tackles running the football and stopping the run once again the Seahawks fall to the Panthers 30 to 24 we got a lot more coming up next on the Seahawks radio network now we are joined by the voice of the Seahawks Steve Rabel Raves apparently the NFC South is the best division in football when it comes (laughs) to the Seattle Seahawks and they all did the same thing man they ran the heck out of the ball yeah yeah, they, they all took a lesson, I guess, uh, uh, starting with, uh, what, Atlanta early on and then New Orleans, uh, Tampa Bay, and now, uh, now Carolina. And the lesson was, if you can run the football and find a way to slow down Seattle's running attack, in this case today, with so many people hurt, you're missing you know, your top three or four running backs uh, for the Hawks, then that is the, that is the, the uh, prescription for winning a football game. And, and they have all done it now. And until Seattle can somehow, until the Hawks can find a way to sort of break out of that, whether it's retain possession of the football downfield and score just about every time you have it, which is almost an impossibility, it's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, teams have just figured out how to run on us. And again, as we talked about today, uh, I, I put some of this on just the fact that when you've lost two starters up front, one of them being the biggest space eater and, and inline tackler you have on the defensive front in Al Woods, you're really missing something. And it's, it's tough to then start to control that, that line. But you got to figure out a way to do it because, again, another team with over 200 yards rushing, that's, you just can't have that. Yeah, no denying the effect of not having Al Woods and Ken Walker and those guys out there. Not an excuse, just the reality. Those guys were missing. But on the other side of the ball, offensively at the quarterback spot, we saw Geno take some chances. We're not really accustomed to him seeing. I think that throw to Tyler Lockett was a bit late. Open early, didn't make that throw. And then his second interception, he thought he had a free play right there. He had guys off the edge, jump off the football early. Overall, what did you see out of Geno? Still gave them a chance to, to hang around and be in this game, though. Yeah, I, I thought I – thought- yeah, we've, we saw Geno make a couple of throws that maybe we haven't seen him make before. And there was a time, and Dave and I both saw it at the same time, he threw a pass, and after the pass, he kind of backed away from the, his blockers, and he was shaking his right hand. I don't know if he took a hit on that at one point or if it was bothering him. Maybe he came in with that. I don't know. But, uh, but it looked like he, he, was a li- he was uncomfortable at times, and he missed passes that he always hits. An out route to Tyler Lockett is like money in the bank for Geno Smith, and yet he missed him uh, at least a couple of times. Uh, he had a low throw uh, to a DK at one point. 
uh, he just he just had some throws that were uncharacteristic of him. So maybe we'll find out more about that. Again, though, no excuses. But Gino had to be the man today, and he had to he had to make every pass count because the running attack just was not there. Regardless of what the game plan was or how hard they worked on it, we're just not running the ball at all well. Regardless of who's in the backfield, that starts up front, and we have not had much luck doing that uh, of late. And every team that has beaten us, Bump, when you look at it and you see how they operate, that's exactly the way Pete Carroll wants to play football. Run the ball down your throat, and especially in the fourth quarter, to where you're just, you're just, your soul is sapped. And that's what happened today. Well, it doesn't get any easier after this, Raves. You take on the 49ers on Thursday, but you know what? I'm going to let you go home and digest and pour yourself a nice drink. And uh, let's just flush this one, Raves. <laughs> you get home safely. And, and flush it and not worry about it for very long because the Niners are right back up on the, on the scoreboard here in four days. we got to be ready. All right, man, you take care. Thanks, Bob. All right, that was Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seahawks. When we return, I'm going to get the guys involved here. We're going to listen to Coach as he steps up to the podium. Players as well. All that is next. The Hawks lose to the Panthers at home, 30-24. to 24. It has to be demoralizing for this defense, man. You know they work hard all week. And you come out here, you know how the Panthers are going to attack you, and you're just not able to do it, man. You got Hubbard, who went for 74 and a touchdown. Foreman has 74 and a touchdown. Blackshear had 32. Sam Darnold had a, couple of, a, run, a long run of 26. He had 30 yards, 223 yards total on the ground. And then we look at our backfield. You don't have Ken Walker. You don't have DJ Dallas, so you lean on Travis Homer. He had nine for 26. Geno had three for 20. But once you get down 20 points, 14 points, 17 points, the run game is not existing anymore. You got to push the ball down the field. That's what we saw. We pushed it down the field, Big Ray, and we saw some uh, uncharacteristic turnovers from Geno. Yeah, you know that the first play of the game was, was an interception, kind of a short, kind of a flood flood concept to the left, to the left of the offense, and then through the interception, which led, which led to points. But um, and then you know the, the hard thing is that this team wants to play the way other these last few teams have played them, and they want to be physical in the run game. They want to use play action pass, take their opportunities to, to push the ball down the field, and uh, and then on the defensive side, man, like. You know, we talked before the game about this whole mentality. Yeah, it's one thing to have the mentality, but you also have to go do it. You know what I'm saying? You can think it a lot, you know what I'm saying? But you have to go out there and actually do and not just think. And it just hasn't been happening. Like, not getting off blocks, not, uh, you know, getting the right fits, if you want to call it. The tackling wasn't all that great today. So uh, it's just a, a lot of things that the Seahawks wanted to get accomplished today and, and, and how they played that just didn't ha- did not happen. Yeah, and what I saw from the defensive side, really, it's all about getting movement off the ball. And I felt like, you know, there were a lot of times really throughout this football game where our defensive line kind of late off the snap. They did a good job, like, getting off the ball offensively. And and that gives them the advantage then to be able to push us back and get that push in the run game. But, you know, certainly something that we've addressed and historically with the Seahawks, it's like, Usually when something is of emphasis, it gets corrected in that next football game. And now this is three weeks in a row where we haven't been able to correct that, uh, our our run defense. So certainly frustrating, a frustrating loss. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, guys aren't very happy in the locker room right now. Right. Yeah, Turbo, I feel you, man. Today, to me, it just felt like we started off uh, bump, right? Just the offense wasn't clicking. You come out, you throw an interception. The defense, not on point, man. 
but you got guys getting hurt and the run game is killing us. So it's just one of those things and you get you get into this deficit. Yeah, we fought back. We had opportunities, but we just started off a little too nasty. It was just uncomfortable at the mm-hmm. gate. Mm-hmm. And you have teams that talk about uh, staying on schedule. We talked about in the pregame show, um, just talked about the time of possession and all that kind of stuff. The offense can't get in rhythm if they don't got the ball, right? So just a lot of things went wrong, and we ran out of time. Yeah, you know, Bump, we, you mentioned some of the uncharacteristic things we saw, you know, from, from Gino and you know, a, a lot of times that can be due to, you know, a player pressing, right? It's like, man, you know, we got a couple running backs out. You know, the passing game is going to be, you know, huge in this football game. And, you know, maybe you're putting yourself in a position where you feel like you got to do more. And you don't, you know. And so, but when you do feel like you have to do more, that's when you start to force throws. You start to do some things that are uncharacteristic. But you said nine carries for Travis. And I, I, I know when you get down in the football game, right, you, you think about throwing the ball to get back, but you can get back by running the football. And I thought nine carries for Travis, that's just not enough for him to be able to get into a groove, you know, in, in the run game and, and be able to formidably establish himself in this game as a runner. Yep. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to cut myself off. We have Pete Carroll stepping up to the podium right now. Uh, this game didn't go at all like we had planned. Um, falling behind early and getting in trouble, um, uh, you know, made it obviously a challenging, you know, return. And but we did it. You know, we got back in this game, got back in there with a couple of touchdowns, and and uh, got the ball coming out in halftime. And, and uh, shoot, it, we're in the fourth quarter, it's 2017. You know, and and so uh, from there we had to finish the game. And you know, we had a few chances, and we weren't able to get it together enough to get it done. They uh, they ran the ball really well in the fourth quarter. Um, we had respected them if, that they would try to do that, and when they went to it, we couldn't get off the field. And then um, we had our, a couple drives and our chances in there. On the other side, we had to go ahead and get down. We you know backed up, and but we still had our chances. It was a great fourth down stand down there by the defense. But when it came down to it in the fourth quarter, we didn't have what we needed to have. Uh, to, to get it done, um, I'm really disappointed in that because we're focused on the, on the areas that we're that we're looking at. That you know, the running game on offense, running game on defense, were both really focus points for us. And we've got to get this thing turned, and we st- we're still on it. We're, that's those are our issues going in um, to the, the fourth quarter of the season right now, coming up, and uh, it's going to turn around really fast against a really good club, and we got to get our act together. So, uh, you know, Gino had it had it night right off the bat. You know, throws a ball to him. Next next time he throws a pick, uh, he thinks he's got offsides call and he got a free play. Didn't get that call, and so he chucks the ball downfield, knowing that you know it's it's a free shot. But um, that was you know we didn't get that call, and uh, that's, that's too bad. That 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 screwed us up and, and gave them a chance. So uh, a lot of guys played well. A lot of guys did really good things. Tyler had a heck of a game, and DK had a heck of a game too. Um, and uh, but not not enough today. So we we got to turn it right around. We'll be uh, meeting tomorrow afternoon and uh, and starting on San Francisco uh, for the Thursday night game. How much were you missing Al down the stretch when they're running the ball? Then? Well, you know, you you saw that Shelby Shelby just came in sick as a dog this morning. He just couldn't couldn't answer. He got IV and they did everything they could for him. They couldn't turn him around. Shelby's a big part of you know our our play up front and, and Al going out in the second quarter. You know those those are. 
two heavy heavy dudes up front that really we were relying on. We had moved Al to get some extra play out of him at, at the end spot. Uh, and it was overall in general, I think they had 60 yards at halftime or something like that. Um, things were in somewhat in control, but uh, Al, Al couldn't come back for the second half and not having Shell had made a difference. Their last drive where they scored uh, the long, the, all the runs, was there something particular they were taking advantage uh, of? They, were, they, they ran their game. They ran their, that's their running game. And we were, uh, we were trying to knock them back and we couldn't get it done. And we, you know, we tried everything that we had uh, to, get, to get it stopped and um, we weren't able to stop them. What just kind of disappoints you most about the defensive running game? Yeah, exactly that. That's it. You know, the, the, our guys are our guys are trying. They're working hard to get it done. We went through all of the process during the week, you know, to to line it up so we knew what they were doing. They, they, we're not fooled by anything today. Um, you know, we were we were on it, and it, we, but we have to you have to play the line of scrimmage. You got to get off the blocks. You got to play together. Everybody's got to fit together, and, and it's always about uh, you know those fits. And we we you know it, it wasn't good enough. It was just playing out. It wasn't good enough. Were either uh, Ken or, or DJ close to playing? And can you say what they're thinking? As it turned out, uh, neither one of them could make it. They, they couldn't. Um, DJ, you know, high ankle sprain is hard to turn it around. He was really hopeful and optimistic and all of that and kind of trying to bounce around during the week. But when it got down to it, often uh, high ankles feel okay until you really have to you call on it to push and, you, and it's not there. That's kind of what happened. Um, you know, Ken, Ken's dealing with an old injury that, that you know, jumped back and, and uh, um He's been through it before in years past, and, and we just have to get him through it and see if he can play Thursday night. I don't know. I'll take it one week at a time, one day at a time. How can you scheme out of physicality, Pete, if their team just runs straight at you? Is there anything yeah, there's there is there is stuff. There's there's stuff. You know, I got to do more. I got to do better. I got to help help our defense better. And and I'm I'm really disappointed. I mean, I've been looking at the running game for a long time. You know, and uh, there was no new place. And this was the same stuff. And, and we just have to do it better. Sorry if you were asked this already, but did you know think he had a free play on the second interception? Yeah, he did. He did. So he he chucked it. You know, and that's how we've always trained him. You know, he, we we train him to try to. You got to see that that flag out of the corner of your eye. You know, you can't just go on the flinch. Um, and you know, that's what we what he he thought he saw it, and if that's what he felt, it was free and and all that. Um, I know the officials came to me after halftime, and they said they didn't, they thought he wasn't in the neutral zone after looking at it. So I don't know. You know, who knows. Is Gino okay, or look like maybe he hit his hand? Or he's fine, as far as I know. Well, it gets it gets all you know marred because of, you know the first play gives him the football and and uh, that was not a good play. It was one of his plays that you know he, he regret the most. Um, tried a little too hard on the play. You know he had could put put the ball in the flat really easily on the first play of the game, um, uh, and so. That, I mean, that's really the play. I mean, they, they get a, again out, stealing out at the end of the game. I thought he did a lot of good stuff. I don't have any idea what his numbers are. I, I, I didn't see any of that yet. Um, but um, he'd made a lot of great throws today. You know, he, he hit Tyler and the guys on the sidelines. And uh, Marquise, you know, he made some fantastic plays today. That was six straight games with a touchdown, which is a franchise record. Just the consistency he's shown this year. Uh, he's been amazing. He just has. And, and I mean, there's nothing, I don't even know the, what are all the accolades that you can pull up for him that we haven't already said. I don't know. But he's been a great player and, and uh, continues to be. The the, uh, the challenge, obviously, you thought you, you had a chance to win that one there. And, and yeah, well, that's as funky a play as you can see, you know. And, and, and it, did he did that ball graze the ground or not, you know? And um, they took a good look at it and they thought not. And, and, uh, 
but it was worth a shot. You know, the guy rolls over and he, there's no ball in his hands. You know, and so trying to figure out how that, you know, how he held on to it. Did he maintain control? Mm. You know, we'll see. You know, but they got a great look at it. And Bill looked at it really, you know, to make sure that it was the correct call and they could, they could, you know, call it with confidence. And they did. The Nuosu horse collar. Did you get an explanation on that? No, you know, I, we let me say that we assumed that that was a horse collar call, so and it, it didn't look like a horse collar call. So that's what we were that's what we're hooting about. You know, his hands like on the back of his jersey, you know, on the shoulder pad, and so uh, I'm not sure if they called it that or they called it a late hit. I, it sure seemed like that was the call, um, but I, I didn't, didn't get that clarified. It didn't matter. It was already over. Yes. Yeah, he did great. I thought he was a, a real uh, surprise for us today to pop up like that, and, and uh, he looked great at it. You know, he was tough and fast and explosive and all of that. So, yeah, he'll get another look. What did you think of Travis Homer's day? He never really got going. He had one great run and, and just couldn't get going, you know. And, and uh, we've continued to, to find trouble at the line of scrimmage, you know, and it just hasn't. We haven't been clean for a bit, and uh, he couldn't get he couldn't get rolling. Somewhat, somewhat. We, we just needed to get first downs, and, and as has been the case, we've had more success throwing the football, and we've been pretty darn good at it. And, and uh, but when you know you turn the ball over three times, you lose. You know, it's almost impossible to overcome that, and so it didn't matter today. Yeah, playoffs is, is the goal. Um, when you look back on these last four games. Uh, all against one field of that stretch, all against teams that are right now under 500. Does, does that enhance the frustration at all? No. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and really, it's the, it's the manner, too, you know. It's the manner that um, it's really happened on the ground, you know. And, and uh, I'm really disappointed in that because, you know, I pride myself in thinking we can scheme our way into all kinds of good things to, to offset that. We weren't, I, you know, I got to do better. Anything else? Thank you. All right, that was your head coach, Pete Carroll. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks Radio Network. Seattle Seahawks Station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Find this year's holiday gift under the stadium lights. Get tickets to the biggest concerts at Lumenfield, including George Strait, Ed Sheeran, and Metallica, just to name a few. Gift your loved ones a memory they will never forget. Head to Lumenfield.com to get tickets. When we return, actually going right back to the podium, we got number 16, Tyler Lockett. You know, any mood, when, when you lose a game, you know, people barely talk. Um, I mean, it's tough, man. You know, I think, you know, when you look at the game, the Panthers did a good job, but... I mean, time of possession really killed us. I think they had the ball for like 40 minutes in the game. And, I mean, it's hard to be able to win games when a team can be able to hold the ball for so long. And um, we got to be able to do better on offense just to be able to possess the ball for that long as well um, so we don't put too much on our defense. The touchdown catch in the back end zone there, and you've done that a few times in your career. But do you, in a play like that, do you know right away you had your feet in or do you kind of have to – Wait for the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, for that play, I kind of just waited for the call just because um, uh, the way Gino led me, I knew that I was kind of running towards out of bounds. I just didn't know how close out of bounds was. And so, um, you know, I just tried to catch it, drag my feet. And, you know, the biggest thing is I, I just was trying to figure out if my foot that hit first was in bounds because if that was in bounds, then I know I, I dragged my toe. First play of the game, Tyler, did you surprise the ball came to? 
Oh, no, I wasn't surprised the ball came towards me. Um, I think J.C. Horn just made a good play, being able to um, to break on um, D.K.'s route first, and then he fell off, and then he went back there for me. Six straight games with the touchdowns, franchise record. I mean, what does it mean to you that you're working your way up, being an all-time Seahawks? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I just give God all the glory, man. Like, just thankful to still be here, going into year eight. Um, like I said, like not too many people can play on the same team um, for eight years or even through the course of their career. And so just very thankful that I got the opportunity just to be able to be here. I'm just trying to be able to be the best that I can each and every day, um, getting opportunities to do things that um, I haven't got to do in a while as a receiver, getting a chance to run different routes, catch the ball in um, different types of ways. And so every day I just try to be able to be better and go out there and, and see how great that I could be before um, I end up retiring one day. It was a season high for Marquise Goodwin. What's he brought to this offense this year? I mean, I think he's brought stability. I think he's brought um, excitement. I mean, you've seen that last play when he caught the ball. Um, J.C. was able to hit him, and he bounced off of him, was able to make a move and go score. I mean, um, he's so quick. He's so fast. Like, um, we can be able to use him a lot within our explosive plays. You know, once he gets the ball, he's real dynamic in the way that he runs the ball. And um, especially when you look at us passing the ball, if teams try to take DK away or take me away, like you still have a lot of other great players that we can be able to utilize to be able to help us out. And um, Keith did a really great job just being able to help us um, on those third downs and just those big catches as well. Tyler, you guys are kind of a tough position right now. You have three teams in a row coming up at 7-6. This is coming off the stretch for you. I mean, you can look back and say that it's missed opportunities, but I mean, we just got to make the best out of what's in front of us. I mean, you know, when you look back, that's always stuff that shoots you in the foot. But I mean, you know, the teams that we lost to, they beat us fair and square. Like, that's just, it is what it is. And, you know, we, we got to be able to win out if we want to be able to put ourselves in the best position possible. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Short week, what's the kind of the, the message right now to everybody you gonna, you know, get the team together? Because you got a game on Thursday. Oh, man, you just got to buckle up. You know, I mean, you play on, you play on Sunday. Uh, you got to be able to recover real fast because you turn around and play again on Thursday. But, I mean, you know, the biggest thing is you can't let this game linger in your head. You just got to be able to let it go and move on. I'm playing against a great 49ers team, and you got to be able to prepare yourself to get ready for that game on Thursday. Anything else? Thanks, Tyler. All right, that was Tyler Lockett. Had his sixth straight game with a touchdown. That is a franchise record. Say 12s, give the best gift effort ever create unforgettable memories this holiday season with the seattle seahawks check out game day experiences with pregame sideline passes club access post-game field goal kicks and so much more get your experience now at seahawks.com slash game day experiences much more to do when we get back more players as they step up to the podium going to get the guys involved in this conversation as well that is next on the seahawks radio network just didn't feel right from the beginning from the first play when uh, the Panthers declare three linemen is eligible and then they run the football and you, you see that push on that offensive line. They go down, they drive, they score, and then Geno gets the ball, the very first play with the ball in his hands. He's trying to hit Tyler Lockett on a corner out. Boom, undercut that thing. Just didn't feel right from the jump, Big Ray. All I got to say, if, if, if I was one of those eligible dudes, 
I'm trying to run some routes, bro. <laughs> like, like try to try to get me a pass or something. But uh, no, it, I go I go back to what we had the conversation we had in the pregame uh, when you asked, you know, what what was the thing that needed to happen today, you know? And I think uh, someone said something about time of possession. Uh, they had the ball twice as twice as long, 40 minutes to 20 minutes. Uh, I said, you know, that they had to win in the trenches on both sides. They rushed for 223 yards. We rushed for 46 yards. Uh, someone said something about turnovers coming into the game. Uh, we were plus four. They were minus four. Well, they were plus two today. So, I mean, all those things that we kind of talked about that needed to – well, they needed to, to perform their best, they didn't. And uh, and usually that's the formula for winning for the Seahawks. That's why they like to run the ball. You keep the ball out of the other team's hand, put pressure on them to have to, you know, make big drives and big plays and things like that. So it was just – it just it just was not working from the very start. It didn't seem like Geno was in rhythm. Uh, they, once they And even when you look at the Panthers running game, it rushed for 223 yards. The quarterback had that one long run. But other than that, the longest run was 16 yards. So that means they were like five, six, mm-hmm. seven yards, like grinding. It was like super physical. We're going to – you know, we're going we're gonna to punch you in the mouth and then keep punching you in the mouth. So it was a tough day for the Seahawks all around. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers, they brought their hard hat, uh, you know, today offensively running the football. And, and really on the defensive side of, uh, of it, too, as far as, it, as far as stopping the run, you know, to me, the running game on our side really came down to the number of touches. Man, you know, it, it, it's really tough as a running back, man, when you get nine carries to really get a feel, really get going within the, the offensive scheme. And, you know, when you're trying to figure out what defenses are trying to do to you to stop you, you know, kind of felt flat as a team, you know, today at at certain points of the game. Not the entirety of it, but just certain points of the game. And then I think you felt the depth kind of take its role, kind of take its place, especially in that second half after we lost Al Woods. We already had some guys out, and those runs really started to, to hone in for the Panthers, especially in that fourth quarter. I think fatigue had a lot to do with that. Yeah, the Panthers came out, man, and they scored on their first three times they had the ball, man, and it was 17-0. So I continue to go back that, that you know, in this part of the season, the games aren't going to be perfect, and things happen. But to start the game out with the deficit like that, playing against a team like this that's tough, that's scrappy, and just like you said, Turbo, they brought their hard hat, man. It's a hard place to come back from and I don't care who you playing against right um so you got to start the game off a lot better than we started we should have started better um Pete's not happy I know the players aren't happy and they just got to find a way to get it cleaned up man um I'm not even really sure what to say but you just got to play better out the gate yeah when you when you start the game off on a 13 play drive you think you're going about 75, 80 yards. Now they went 43, so they nickel and dimed you, right? A two-yard run, five-yard run. Here's a five-yard hitch. Then they get the football again in the second quarter. I'm talking about the Panthers. They go 12 plays, 74 yards. Then later in the day, they go 10 plays, 74 yards. When you look at the Seattle Seahawks, they just weren't able to match that. Those were their scoring drives. And and that's why the Panthers possessed the ball for 40 minutes and the Hawks possessed it for 20 because they were just able to connect some plays, connect the dots, right? Even their... The runs where you felt like uh, it wasn't a big game, it was still three or four yards, mm-hmm. and now it's second and six, and that, that playbook is wide open. Uh, it just felt like the, the Hawks were just pressing just a little bit. And like you mentioned, Ray, Geno just never really seemed in rhythm. And, you know, I know the first thing people are going to say, is Geno still going to be your guy? Everybody has a bad day. What Tom Brady do today? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. He went down to Santa, Santa Clara and, and got blown out. So I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on Geno. Um, I just know that – 
when your quarterback's not having a day, your defense isn't stopping the run, something's got to give. you got to get points somewhere. And you typically look to special teams. Almost had a return for a touchdown, had two uh, two big runs there. But you just weren't able to connect the dots today, Ray. Yeah, and, and you know, even and you don't want to, like, beat it up but like the, or harp on it too much, but the time of possession in the, in the, uh, in the first quarter, the – they had the ball for almost 13 minutes, and we only had the ball for three minutes. They had about 125 yards of offense in the first quarter. We had, I think, seven yards of offense in the first in the first quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, they had the ball for 10 minutes, and we had the ball for about five minutes. So starting the game and ending the game, they dominated the ball, dominated the time of possession. So that means that you're going to have limited possessions right. as a Seahawks. So then you have to try to press a little bit. You have to push the ball down the field. You have to get away from your, from your game plan. You can't run the ball uh, the way you want to run it. So it just a lot of – it was a perfect storm for the, for the Carolina Panthers and uh, just not, like Pete said, not the way that they wanted to start the game or – how they wanted to end the game. Uh, so it just just didn't work out good for the Seahawks. You know, the other factor, too, to time of possession, fellas, as we know, is, you know, converting. Actually, let me, let me hop in there, Turbo. You got the man himself, Geno Smith, sure. at the podium now. I guess just in general, how do you assess kind of the offense today and, you know, just obviously kind of frustrating to get, get going? Yeah, uh, I felt like we were just up and down. Uh, couldn't get into a rhythm. Um, you know, we actually did pretty good on third down, but uh, just first and second down, I think really hurt us. And, uh, you know, obviously turnovers, you know, plays that, you know, we wish we can have back, but we can't, you know. So uh, for us, man, we just got to get back to it. Quick turnaround. You got to flush it, you know, learn from it and get ready for the next one. On that second interception, did you think you had the offside call? Yeah. I mean, I saw three of the guys jump offside. Um, I don't know what they saw. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, now are you trying to look for the penalty marker? Sometimes you can't just go. Yeah, I mean, you can't really look around and see all the time. But, I mean, I'm looking right at the D lineman. The reason we snapped the ball was because they had, you know, jumped offside. And so um, that's, that's one where we got to learn from it. Can't make excuses. Uh, it happened. And so the reason I threw that ball in the, in the traffic was because, I, you know, I felt like we had a free play and it was an opportunity to, you know, you know if they intercept it, then, you know, obviously it comes back and we get the five yards. But that didn't happen. Um, maybe they didn't see it. So I uh, can't make an excuse about it and just got to learn from it. The very first play, you have something in the flat and you go deeper to the platter. Did that surprise you when you feel off that like that? Yeah, um, you know, JC made a great play. Uh, he's a really good player. Um, you know, he made a great play. It happens in the NFL. You know, it's the first play of the game. Obviously, you don't want to start that way. But I feel like, uh, you know, we responded well and we had more opportunities, you know, late in the game to really win it. And uh, we, we just couldn't get it done. And uh, that's unfortunate. You know, it pains me to even say that because, uh, you know, we, we want to take those steps forward. But, you know, today it's got to be a learning lesson for us. We got to learn from it. Uh, we got to figure it out and get better. Did it feel like things were just kind of the timing just wasn't there today at all? Yeah, hats off to the to the Panthers. You know, they they did a lot to disrupt our timing. Um, you know, they got really good defense. Uh, they got guys up front. You know, they got corners, safeties, linebackers. Shaq Thompson's a, a really good linebacker. Uh, he quarterbacks that defense, and he had those guys ready and lined up. And, you know, we made a lot of good plays out there. You know, it wasn't like they just shut us down the entire game. You know, we had our, our plays. We made our plays, uh, but it wasn't enough. And so, like I said, hats off to Carolina. You know, they came in. They, they were tougher than us. They played harder. They played to win, and they, they got it done. And uh, we got to learn from these things. What do you feel like the mindset of the team is now after these three losses and four games that you 
probably felt you should have won more. You know what? Uh, there's no more victories. There's no coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, it's the NFL. You lose or you win. And uh, we, we didn't win. And so, um, you know, three losses, you know, it's one game at a time. And today was just one loss. You know, it wasn't three losses. Today was one today. So uh, the reality is, is that we got more games to play. We got a four-game season uh, to really determine what we can be for the rest of the season. And we got to come out and play like it. You know, I really want to see that. You know, I don't want to hear any talking or any, you know, cliches. I want to see guys come out and do it. And so, you know, that's where my mindset is. It was Marquise for you in getting things going today. You got a couple of big third downs early, a couple of big spots for you guys. How critical was he to get you guys moving? Yeah, Marquise has been, he's been great all year, and uh, he was he was phenomenal today. He got us going. Um, you know, he's, he's that third guy, uh, kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, he plays the back, but he's so dynamic. Uh, he's a really good receiver. I'm just happy for him to, you know, be a part of this team and happy to have him because you can see how special he is out there. Um, he's so tough, man. He makes all the, all the plays that, you know, you wouldn't ex expect a guy with his size to make. He plays big. And so um, really fortunate to be able to play with Marquise and uh, look forward to, you know, just having more opportunities. Six games in a row with a touchdown for Tyler Lockett. I mean, just like I think you have a ton of faith every time you let the ball go this direction that he's going to make yeah. the play. I mean, that was a heck of a catch. Um, you know, any other guy you might be like, well, did he get his feet in or did he, did he not? But with Tyler, it's... You're just, you know, 100% sure he did. Um, he's that good. He's done that over and over again. Uh, six, six games with a touchdown shows his consist consistency. And so, um, you know, we got to keep getting him the rock, uh, keep putting him in position to succeed because he's a great player. Did they blitz you any more or any differently than you expected? Uh, no, no. Uh, they had some really good looks, though. They had some, you know, different uh, packages and, and different looks. They had, you know, obviously had a bye week, so they had time to put a bunch of things in. And so uh, they had some different things, but I think our line did a great job at adjusting and finding ways to pick it up and uh, giving me time to go through my reads and get the ball out. What was it? Without Ken and, and DJ kind of getting the running game going today, what was that? I think it was a challenge there. You know, um, it, it's always going to be a challenge when you don't have your top three backs. But um, the guys who were in there, Homer, um, Tony, and, uh, you know, Iggy, they all stepped up. You know, Iggy had some, some great plays on special teams. You know, Tony was one or two, you know, blocks away from a big play or a big catch. And so all those guys, we got trust in all the guys. It's always next man up. Um, obviously, we, we, we love our guys and we want them back healthy. But, um, you know, all the other guys stepped up and we just got to do better overall. You mentioned all, uh, Iggy's kick. What's that do for an offense when you say, okay, we're starting midfield or whatever? Yeah, I think he really sparked us, especially that two-minute drive, you know, to get us in good field position. Uh, put us in a position where, uh, you know, we had some, some energy, some momentum, and also had field position. Uh, you know, I think that helped us out to get back into the game. And, um, you know, it was good to see him out there and getting his, you know, getting his chance and doing well. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to you, but you ended up on the injured list during the week with the shoulder and all that. Are you, are you good physically or is everything okay? Yeah, I mean, it's late in the year. You know, everyone's got a little something here and there. Uh, but I don't think it affected me in any way. Um, you know, it's just, you know, normal soreness. And, uh, you know, just got to continue to rehab and, you know, make sure I'm you know, ready for the next one. Gino, you said you all did well in third down. You were 6 of 13. And first and second, you weren't. So when you go back, look at the film and get ready for Thursday, what's kind of that message of getting ready for the first and second down? Message that. Yeah, well, it, it starts with uh, staying efficient, you know, really being efficient, running well on first and second down, as well as, you know, when I get my ops to pass, uh, you know, staying on schedule, getting the ball out, not taking sacks, uh, getting the ball out on time to the right guys so that we can stay on schedule and have manageable third downs. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and, you know, obviously, like I said, we were in some tough third downs, but we were able to convert. But I think if we do better on first and second down, uh, the game looks a lot different. So, 
that's the area we need to improve on, and uh, we got to you know, really look at the film. We got three days to correct it, and we'll see what we can do on Thursday night. How do you just think you played today? Excuse me? Uh, I mean, I have to look at the numbers, but, uh, you know, I feel like I was up and down. Had some, had some good plays, had some not so good plays. And um, it's the NFL. Nobody, nobody's perfect. Um, you know, I, I don't expect to come out here and be perfect, but I do have a standard. And, uh, you know, I don't think I played to that standard quite today. Did you get an explanation on the, why they didn't call offside on the second pick? I don't know. Usually they come back and say, hey, we were wrong. They've done that to us about five or six times this year, and it seems like they're all interceptions. So, um, you know, hopefully... I don't know. They'll give us an explanation at some point. But I felt like they were all sides, and that's just what it is. You feel like you guys are a playoff team? Uh, we got to prove it. You know, nothing I can say up here is going to make us a playoff team. We got to go out there and play. Anything else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you guys. All right, that was Geno Smith. He said it himself. He had some good moments and some bad moments. It's all about how he bounces back from here. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon, official 5G network of the Seattle Seahawks. When we return, we'll hear from more players as they step up to the podium and interviews from Jen Mueller. That is next on the Seahawks radio network. Felt like they just couldn't catch up, right? Got opportunities to make a play and just weren't able to do it. On third down, the Panthers were efficient enough to get it done. Specifically, they were six of 13, identical to the Seattle Seahawks. And, um, you know, it just felt like, you know, when you're in a dream and you try to fight or run and you just can't <laughs> throw the punch, you just can't run. Like, that's what it felt like. They, were, they couldn't throw a punch. They couldn't run. <laughs> Handicap. Stuck. Stuck. Well, you, yeah, I mean, you feel like you're fighting the covers, right? You can't get it, you can't get it out of them, and that's what the offense. It just seemed like they were like maybe one or two like big plays from like breaking out, but they could they couldn't quite they could not quite get it. I will say, you know, what Gino talked about, you know, they did have a bye week and they did give them some different looks up front, but I did think that the offensive line pass protected really well. I know Gino got sacked three times. I want to say a couple of them was you know him holding on to the ball trying to make a play, but but the offensive line did pass protect well and give him time to throw the ball down the field. And I thought it was interesting, too, that I was just looking at the numbers and at the, uh, in the pregame. I think Paul Moyer said there might be 40 passes and 15 runs. And I think it was 36 passes and 14 runs. Wow. So, uh, so, so Paul was on to something that we weren't on to. <laughs> we but, can't tell uh, him that, though. Right? right? Can't, you can't <laughs> tell him that. But, uh, but, like, but like Turbo was saying, too, though, a lot of that run stuff was dictated by the way the game started out because I'm, I'm sure they wanted to run the ball more than 14 times. It takes a while for, to get into that groove. but mm-hmm. uh, And then, you know, we talk about not having certain running backs in, but, man, the offensive line, you got to create some lanes, bro. You, you have to create lanes. In the middle of the offensive line, hasn't been playing well in the running game in the last few weeks. The center has had a tough time. Uh, the guards, I think, were having a tough time today. So in, in order for any type of running game, whether you run it 14 times or 40 times, you have to create lanes for, for guys to run in. You know, running a football, and I, and I, and I think Ray would, uh, would agree with me on this, is, is, is attitude. Like, you, you know, you got the scheme and everything like that. Sometimes I feel like we're so scheme dependent that we forget about, like, the attitude of just football mm-hmm. and knocking people back, right, and creating – just creating stuff that don't necessarily seem like it's there, right. you know? And, and and right now, to me, especially with the interior, uh, we kind of like that. We kind of like that on the defensive side of the ball, too, in some ways, you know, where it's just like, man, it, even Pete talked about it in his post-game pressure, you, uh, presser. When he talked about it, he said, you know, normally, schematically, we're able to find the answers to this, you know? And 
but it doesn't always come down to that. Right. You know, it, it's about attitude. It's about winning those one-on-one matchups. I made the point about third down, and, you know, we were identical as far as being 6 for 13, but in the second half, we were only 1 for 6, mm. and we couldn't get anything going, and that's, and that's one of the big keys. Did anybody else feel like this felt like a blowout, right? Um, talk about kind of fighting against the covers and things really not working for us. So if we are going to try to uh, strain any type of positivity from this, right, um, I think that could be a thing. So I'm going to stick with my guns and say we ran out of time. We didn't play well at all. The game felt nasty. I couldn't get stuff done on third down, just like you said, turbo. Half, yeah. yeah, so it was just one of those things, man. It felt nasty. It was an ugly game, but we – actually had an opportunity to win, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm a guy that's glass half full, so I'm trying to kind of pick some of this stuff out the trash, right? So, um, not a good game for us, but games are going to be like that sometime, and we need to find a way to win those ugly, nasty games. Well, according to the New York Times, the glass is almost half full. <laughs> the Hawks have a 48% chance of making the playoffs okay. now, so we're almost there, true. <laughs> Saying there's a chance. There is a chance. <laughs> They get it done, but that means you got to play well against the 49ers and try to um, shock the world on Thursday Night Football. Then right after that, on Christmas Eve, you take on the Kansas City Chiefs. So they put themselves in this position, but you never really know. There's still a chance. 48%. We're going to call that the Marcus Trufant percentage half full. Love it. I love it. I love it. I was going to say, I think I think we'll get in, you know, still. You know, there's a fighting chance, as long as there's a fighting chance. One of my favorite quotes of all time is in a movie, Love and Basketball. Chances are there's still a chance. There it is. I don't remember that. I got, I got to go back and do my research. <laughs> I don't you don't trust that. Turbo, well, Bob? I, I trust him. I, just, I, just, I, I thought I knew that movie. I can tell you. It's I, my will favorite. Say, I will say there's a chance if they play better. Right, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we can keep saying, like, hey, there's a chance, and they were in it, and all these different things, and it came down to, you know, like it always comes down to four or five plays, where we have to start winning those four or five plays. Yeah. Otherwise, the the the, the chance, the reality of the chance isn't really there. Facts. You know what I'm well, saying? Like, so you, you have to, like we talked about before the game, the mentality and all that stuff, that's great to have the mentality, but then you have to go do. Like, you know what I'm saying? And when you show up with the mentality, then you have to do those things that, that help you win football games. And they haven't been able to do that, and not not in the style that they'd like to win, like which is defending, winning the trenches, basically. Winning the trenches on defense and winning it on offense. They just haven't been, like, the last four or five games just hasn't been consistent there. Well, let me just say Love and Basketball is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I can quote everything. Everything. Okay, so if you need the scene okay. and what everybody was wearing, okay. I got you. Hey, you know what I remember? Double or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) For over 25 years, Campbell's Chunky has answered the call to fight food insecurity through our charitable work in local communities. Chunky Sacks Hunger strives to sack food insecurities by continuing to spotlight this issue and provide food and other necessities to fuel partner communities across the United States. When we return, we'll get some interviews from Jen Mueller. She was down in the locker room. That's next. The Seahawks fall to... The Panthers, 30-24. So right now, we're going to go down to Jen Miller. She's standing by with Bruce Irvin. What's the message these guys need right now? Got to keep fighting. It's tough one for us. We needed that. <laughs> Third week in a row. Guys is running the ball on us. So until we find an answer for it, that's what we're going to get. Three more days. That's what the Niners about to do. 
It's not like you guys don't look at this on film. You've got a game plan that's in place. What's not happening on game day? Guys got to make tackles. Um, when we fit it right, guys ain't making tackles. When we don't fit it right, the ball get through. So uh, it's a combination of misfit and the guys not making tackles. So uh, until we get this figured out, uh, we're going to have four, four weeks of guys pounding the ball with us. Is the communication lacking there, or is it just too much effort when they need to stay busy? There's no communication. It ain't nothing. It's just man on man. You beat your man, get off the block, make the tackle. That's what it comes down to, some mentality. I don't care about no play calls, no nothing. Like, at the end of the day, it's man on man. You whoop your man in front of you and make the tackle. And that's, that's, what, that's what it comes down to. Mentioned it's a short week going into San Fran. So, what do you guys? I don't want to say focus on because it's been the same focus. Mm -hmm. What do you want to see this team do in a, in a short week? Man, we got to put this behind us and get ready because if we don't, they're going to come in here and embarrass us. So, uh, watch this film, put it behind us, and get back to work. Bruce. People think about that Christian McCaffrey with the 49ers today. The Panthers average five yards a carry on those rushes. Bump. Thanks, Jen. Uh, Bruce said it best, man. Ain't no scheme. Ain't no communication. Man, oh, man, make the play. Make the tackle. How many times do we see guys in the backfield with, with hands on these running backs and somehow they got loose? And going into this game, I watched the film, and I knew Foreman was going to break tackles, but – uh. Like got Hubbard and <laughs> said, look, don't forget about me. I'm invited to the party as well. I think the Panthers did a good job of rotating those guys, but that's what it comes down to. Just make the play. There were many times where I felt like this defense had it all corralled and all of a sudden out the, out the scrum comes a running back. Well, it goes back to the point of my bad, right? No, no, go ahead. It's to the point I made earlier, though, you know, just about, you know, the scheme is one thing. You can, you can draw up all the schemes all you want to, man, but it's about, like, the attitude is about like winning the matchups one-on-one at the end of the day like that's what football is you know you drop the scheme you drop the plays offensively defensively on special teams but then you got to go out there and win you know because they have something to counter what you're trying to do on either side of the football uh and if you're not able to then make those plays physically then to men the mental aspect doesn't even matter yeah, it seems like, you know, uh, at the start of the season, especially on defense in the front seven, it, it appeared that guys were getting to where they needed to go, but they weren't, like like you said, they weren't getting off blocks. They were kind of getting magnetized to dudes and, and, and weren't, you know, getting off blocks to make tackles. So now you have a double team that's sitting in the lap of the linebacker. The linebacker can't get around the double team to effectively get in on the on the tackle and you can fall for three or four yards if you're running back now if you have a, a dude that has good balance can break a few tackles those three those three three and a half yards turn into five or six or seven yards so uh i, I like what he said about you know the mentality you know at the beginning yeah you have to it starts with the mentality and then it and then it ends with actually going out there and getting it done then you have to ask yourself do have the dudes that can get it done you know that that becomes a, a serious question if you've schemed it up if you've done to tell the truth Mondays, if you've developed the mentality and all that, but then it ain't getting done, then then that becomes the next thing you have to look at. And I don't know that, what the answer to that is, but I, I do know if they're going to make a playoff run, uh, they really need to start, you know, they have to do something quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah, I'll take it a step further, Ray. Um, you talked about those blocks and um, kind of being mesmerized or being locked on. That was going on all over the field, because even in the secondary, you talk about those dunk down mm -hmm. um, Swing passes and everything that you talked about, Bump, earlier, 
those was going for three or four yards, but I don't know if it was the Panthers' wideouts and they just did a really good job. I think they did as far as blocking mm-hmm. because our guys they couldn't did. get off those blocks, man, until they was already like at the second level. So that made it really tough. And that just showed that Carolina, they came in with a plan. It was a basic plan. But they executed, and sometimes it is what it is, right? Well, do you think? Do you think teams look at the Seahawks on film and say we cannot physical these guys? Because when I see receivers, I mean, you're right, true. Right. Those receivers were downfield blocking. Were blocking. I'm talking about hands inside choking you, putting yeah. you to the sideline. Like, so, type like it was like noticeable, noticeable. Yeah, like yeah. they were downfield blocking for show. Yeah, they were definitely blocking. And then you know, obviously, we haven't watched. I don't watch a lot of Panthers football games, right? Um, so I couldn't tell you that. This is something that they do every single week. But I can tell you that against the Denver Broncos, that's what they did. And mm. I can tell you from the very first drive, I felt like, okay, this is going to be a physical type game. And with the youth that we have on our defense, what, what does youth do for toughness, True, Like, Boye Mafe was getting rest. Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen. Like, these guys have had good seasons, but have they played in a game like this yet? Yeah, I don't know if it, um, I don't know if it really comes down to toughness. I think it comes down to um, – See if I can find the right term. The 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 will to um, go to the extreme. Of course, there's rules and there's regulations, and we want to be a clean team. But playing a game like this, you got to get a little nasty. You got to find a way to disengage. If somebody's blocking you, it, you got to do everything you can to get off those blocks. If that means, um, I guess I'm not gonna say nothing crazy, but you got to find a way to get off the block, right? <laughs> right. And you got to make the tackle, and that's just what defense is about. Go ahead, go ahead. y'all dirty on defense. Be a little dirty on defense. <laughs> and I think Say that's what Bruce is talking about. You got to whoop the man across from you, and you got to do it by any means necessary. You want to play clean. You don't want to hurt the team, but you got to go out and make it happen. And you know what? I'm eager to hear what this guy has to say because he is the emotion and one of the mouthpieces on defense. When we return, we're going to hear from Jenna Nawosu. He's standing by with Jen Mueller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. For right now, let's go down to Jen Mueller. She's standing by with Jenna Nawosu. Second quarter, it looked like you guys got more pressured on Donald. What changed? Or Darnold, excuse me, what changed? Um, you know, we kind of, I guess, kind of stopped the run a little bit, you know, to create those third and long situations. Um, or second round situations when we knew they were going to pass. Um, we were able to kind of read the boots a little, a little more. They were booting a lot more. We were able to get pressure on them that way. Um, yeah. What's the challenge of getting to the quarterback when you know that he is looking to hand it off or do a little swing pass and create those rushing moves? Just got to be patient, you know. Take advantage of those opportunities when they come, you know. Got to stop the run, get in the second long, third of the long. That's when we get our opportunities to rush the pass, which wasn't really many today. Uh, we were able to get two sacks of them by, you know, Daryl and, uh, and Bruce, but, you know, just the opportunities not stopping the run. Our pass rush is going to be limited, so we got to make it count when we can. Did fatigue play a role? They had the ball for over 39 minutes in this one. No. When you go back to the first quarter, it did not start in your favor. How much pressure does it put on a defense when Shai Smith scores right after that interception? Puts a lot of pressure on the defense, you know. Um, but, you know, that's what we live for. We live for those moments. You know, we, we, we trust our offense to be able to, you know, make the corrections. And you know, when we're back on the field, our expectation is to get the ball back, you know, and hold it to three points. Um, we weren't able to do that tonight, but, you know, that's our, always our mindset going into those situations. You had a couple of guys that did not play in this game. Shelby Harris was was out and Al missed the second half. How much did that impact game plan and just personnel? Yeah, it's tough when you got those two big dogs not you know, missing the game, um, especially with a physical team like this. But, 
Like I said, I always say this is always next man up mentality. You got guys who practice the same, you know, lift the same, do all that same. You expect them to go in there and dominate with, with no drop off. So, um, you know, we miss those two big guys. Hopefully, we get them back for Thursday night. I was going to say the next game is just around the corner. Is that a plus or is that a challenge? You know, it's tough, especially when you, when you come off a physical game like this. You know, guys can make, come out nicked up and no bruises and sore. So, we got to make sure we take care of our bodies and be able ready to go. All right, that was the Chenna Nwosu with Jen Mueller. <laughs> Fellas, who Chenna saying, look, it's going to be tough. Quick turnaround Thursday. They're going to be sore. You got to watch this film. But me personally, man, if I get beat, I'm trying to get out there as soon as possible, man. Uh, if I'm healthy, obviously, right? You uh, you play a full football game. You're going to be dinged up a little bit. But um, if I'm on this team, I'm like, man, let's get out there as soon as possible and, and try to correct some of these things. Unfortunately, it's against one of the best teams in the league. These guys, the San Francisco 49ers, are now 9-4 and four and have won five straight. They did lose Debo Samuel today. Uh, but we know this team is going to be ready to go. True, are you more on the side of give me that full week after a loss to get right, or do you like to get out there quickly? Um, I think – the more time, the better. Um, of course, if you have that option, but, but you know we don't. But so it is what it is, right? You got to turn it around and get better. And Pete, um, of course, is going to find a ways to give the guys a little bit of rest. But we got to get back to work, man. And we got a lot on the line, and we got to win these games. So um, right now we don't have that luxury. So you just got to come in and you got to look at the film. Take a hard look at the film, right? And let's really dig deep get into the details of it, I mean, to figure out what's going on. I know we keep talking about that we show these flashes of greatness, but it's time to get consistent or it's not good enough. Yeah, I would say, you know, you plan on those Thursday night games and then I've always played on Thanksgiving when I was in Detroit and things. And so really, you know, I don't know if the Seahawks, if there's another scheme or something else they can come up with. I just think like like uh, uh, Nuoso was saying and, and like Bruce was saying, is that you just got to, at some point, you just got to go do it. So I don't know, like, what the film session will be like this week or if they have the tell the truth, this, that, or the other thing. But people will have, players should have to look at themselves and go, how can I do what I'm asked to do better? And so because you can't just keep changing the scheme every time. It, it can't be the scheme every time. Sometimes it just – the player just has to increase his play by 20% or 15% mm. or, you know, there's no I in team, but there's a lot of eyes that make up the team. <laughs> and, so, and so you got to you – those eyes have to do what they have to do so that they, so that they elevate the team just that little bit more. There ain't even an I in make up the team. Nah. Okay, I'm just playing. Nah. <laughs> Close, Turbo. That was so hard. Trying to drop a but, ball uh, right there. No, I would say that the Thursdays are much different after a win than a than a loss. Right. right? You win, you like. Listen, I want to get my Tuesday day off, and you know I got stuff to do with the family on Monday and everything like that. After an L, oh Thursday couldn't come any quicker. So let me get back on the field, because you ain't got time to watch tape. You got you ain't got time to go you, over all the you mistakes. You got time that, to watch tape. You got time to watch tape, but you don't have time to really dissect it to go over all the mistakes, mm. right? You know, so if you was a guy that was out there kind of, you know, got some question marks, then you, <laughs> you, 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 you might, you might what be was, able to slide one time this week. Well, when when we were coming up, we couldn't just watch tape like they do now on the iPad. I don't know. You might be in that era. I don't know. I know yeah, we I mean, wasn't yeah, in that yeah. era. I was yeah. VHS, if, damn near. <laughs> yeah. If we had the technology we had today. I'm going home, I'm pouring me a nice little drink, and I'm sitting up and I'm watching all of this. Maybe. 
Nah, I'm watching you all of You would think because you have the iPad, you go and go home every night, sit there on the couch with the babies and everything, cartoons. Is Not playing, with the babies. They got to be asleep because I'm distracted. It, I'm telling you, some guys, listen, you got the whole playbook. You that guy? No. And don't they got <laughs> trackers and chips in them and stuff, though, Turbo? If you're not watching, it, it shows up. Don't it, it come it, back it, to home base? It, it, and, and you would be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> some guys still ain't in there. All right, well, hey, come on, Hawks. Let's watch that film, baby. Watch the Let's film. watch that film. Our guy's watching film. All right, when we return, we'll give you the player of the game. That is coming up next. The Hawks fall to the Carolina Panthers 30-24. to Now it is time for <clears throat> the player of the game. Player game is brought to you by Tell You Right X Pro from Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Lots of options to choose from, fellas. Player of the game. It uh, almost doesn't feel right doing it after a loss, but even when you lose, there are guys who did their job. Like collectively, you didn't do your job as a team, but they're always individuals. You know, back in high school, my team was really bad in a couple years, and we used to get blown out. I used to tell them, I'm going to get mine. I don't know about y'all, <laughs> but I'm going to get mine. <laughs> so uh, who got theirs today, fellas? Well, I'm going to go with um, your your position, but wide receiver. All right. And because uh, I, I think you could give it to either DK or Tyler. But I'm going to go with Tyler uh, today. Didn't he break a record? Six straight uh, game yep. for a touchdown. And that's a Seahawks record. And, uh, you know, that's that's MVP worthy to me. T.L. You know, that's kind of where I was headed to is to that wide receiver room. And, you know, Marquise and DK and Tyler all had five catches and they and they all had a a touchdown. But I think, you know, Tyler, uh, that catch he had in the back of the end zone with Mm. the toe tap. I mean, it's just like vintage Tyler that, you know, most people blow their ankle out trying to do it. (laughs) He just makes it look really easy. So uh, I think I think I'm going to go with Tyler. I think uh, what did um. I was trying to find the tackles because I Me know. Me too. Um, yeah, yeah, I was trying to find that. Uh, man, the, on, Cody, the, on the fifth, Cody, oh. Cody had 15 tackles, and so it didn't show up as as prominently as as uh, as uh, uh, Tyler did. But I just want to at least acknowledge that that he had 15 tackles. But I'm gonna go with Tyler. Yep. All right, I'm gonna uh, jump over to the dark side. Jump over to the defensive side. Uh, Ryan Neal, I felt like I heard his name on every play. And he was either assisting on tackles or he was making the tackles. Not that there's a good thing if you're in the secondary and you're making all the tackles on the run plays or you're assisting on those, that means that everything is making it to the second level. I I know he plays around the line of scrimmage as well, but he came with his hard hat today and he came to play and he got this big old brace on his elbow. And I just, uh, just want to applaud the effort and I think he played a tough game. Yeah, I'm with you. He was second on the team when it comes to tackles with 11 total, six solo. Um, yeah, not great when your safety's getting all that, but you're right. They do walk him down in the box, so mm-hmm. there's other opportunities there. I'm going to go with the – do I get to pick one? Actually, of I don't. Of course. You're you the guys, host, boss. You guys figured you, it out. You're you, you the, you the boss man. <laughs> no, I do think whatever you, guys, you, want. you guys got it. But uh, if, um, if I'm going with somebody, I think I'd go with Tyler Lockett just because of the six consecutive games with a receiving touchdown. Never been done before. In this team's history, there have been some baller receivers to play for this club. So I'll go with Tyler Lockett, but I am not mad at Ryan Neal and Cody Barton. Big ups as well. Almost had an interception, too. Say, 12s, now it's your chance to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for Kia's electric player of the game. All right, when we return, we'll put a bow on this thing, and now we will talk about Thursday's opponent. A quick turnaround. That is the 49ers. That's coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. 
All right, fellas, no secret. The 49ers are coming into town on Thursday, and they might be the hottest team in the NFL right now. They've gone on a six-game winning streak. They beat the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals, New Orleans, Miami, and most recently, Tampa Bay, 35-7. to We understand that Trey Lance hasn't been here all year. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with an ankle injury, but uh, Purdy steps in and does exactly what he needs to do to win the ball game today against the great Tom Brady. Overall, Purdy was 16 of 21, 185, and two interceptions running the ball. Christian McCaffrey had 14 for 119 in the touchdown. Overall, they carried the ball 36 times for 209 yards. Needless to say, they're going to come in here and copy and paste the game plan, even though that's what they want to do already, Big Ray, is run the rock. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a copycat league, right? But uh, but they you know they run the ball really well, and, and uh, Kyle Shanahan does a, a – he's another good play caller and play designer. I remember, uh, I think, Sherm's last year here or so, he was talking about how they scheme plays up where – the first two or three steps, you can't tell if it's a run or a pass. So it makes it really difficult. And so they can change it up from week to week that way. And then, if, like you said, the stats that you just read out, they rushed the ball 36. They averaged 5.8 yards a carry. McCaffrey averaged over you know, 8.5 yards a carry. So it's going to be the challenge is going to be the same challenge that has been the last three or four weeks is winning in the trenches. And that's on both sides of the ball. It doesn't matter what running back is available. The offensive line needs to, to find a way – uh, to give to make the running game efficient, you don't have to rush for 200 yards or even 100 yards, but you have to rush for and to make them respect the run. And then, uh, and then obviously on defense, they have to make those corrections in a short period of time. Correction: uh, Purdy had two touchdowns, not two interceptions. My guy did his thing. Go ahead, Turbo. Yeah, no, I'm listening. They've got a, they got one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, you know that that's just a fact of the matter, and uh, they're going to be coming into Seattle. Uh, you know, with their hair on fire, and that that's the way that they play football. I mean, you want to talk about a team that plays, we talk about attitude and physicality and having a sense of urgency. Like, these are all things that the 49ers bring to the table. You know, they want to be the best defense, and they play like it, and offensively uh, they want to be efficient and get the ball in their playmakers' hands and lo- uh, allow them to be able to do those things, and that's exactly what they do. Uh, and so you want to talk about a challenge, it's going to be certainly one coming up on Thursday night. Gotcha. Um, I think it needs to be clear, right? You talk about a team um, that you don't want to press or you don't want to overdo it. I think that we're at the point now to where we need to make a point that we're trying to fix things on defense, right? And with the 49ers coming in here on Thursday, we can't have a repeat. So it needs to be clear. The message needs to be clear. Everybody needs to be talking the same language. And we just really need to make it happen and stop the run because that's the only – chance that we're going to give ourselves and we need to start out on schedule just like Geno Smith was talking about in his press conference you can't go down um at 17-0 in the first half and think you're going to have this miraculous comeback at the end it's going to be tough you might be able to do it once but to have that be a part of your game all the time it's not a good look all right let's see if these guys can bounce back on a short week Today's final score, the Panthers 30, the Seahawks 24. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. Wish we were getting together under better circumstances, but unfortunately, 
The Seahawks lose at home to the Panthers, 32-24. Let's run down some numbers for you real quick. Geno was 21 of 36, 264, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked three times. The Hawks struggled to get the run game going. Only 14 carries for 46 yards. No touchdowns, a long of 16 by Travis Homer. Marquise Goodwin led all receivers for the Seahawks. He had five for 95, one touchdown. DK had five, five for 71 and one touchdown. Tyler Lockett scores a receiving touchdown on the sixth straight game. That is a franchise record. He had five for 60 defensively. Cody Barton led tacklers with 15. Ryan Neal behind him with 11. And then Jordan Brooks with 10 on third downs, as Turbo pointed out in the postgame show. The Hawks were good in that first half, but ended the game 16 of 13. The Panthers duplicate that. They were 16 of 13 as well. The Panthers got the run game going 223 yards on the ground, averaging 4.8 yards per carry. We knew this was going to be a physical game. The Panthers brought the physicality to the party and walked out of here with a W, Turbo. They did. And you said third downs. Both teams were 16 of 13. Is that what I said? I said 6 of 13. I heard oh, 6 my of 13. Bad. Okay. Yeah, 6 of 13. Hey, get your hand we... off my shoulder, dog. <laughs> you touching me. You tried to, like, big brother you <laughs> on that one. Right? Well, I'll be 37 yeah. on hey, Tuesday. I was trying to make sure the traps stay loose. You know what I mean? Just trying to make sure the traps stay loose. No, man, listen. You know, they they, they came with, with, with an attitude today. I felt like we just were, were kind of flat throughout the, throughout the football game. We had some highlights, and, you know, we did some good things uh, throughout the game. But overall – the energy just didn't seem like it was there throughout our football team. And, uh, you know, the, the Panthers were able to take advantage of that. And they came in with a game plan, wanted to run the football, watch some tape on us, obviously, came with those dual plays, those downhill plays, and were able to take advantage uh, of those. And, uh, you know, we didn't have an answer again. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what it came down to, not being able to run the ball efficiently enough on our side and then you know not being able to stop the run on the other right i got a question that i'm gonna uh throw to bump and ray you guys used to coach and do your thing so bringing in that extra lineman right what is your option there or what do you do there um i know you put like an extra guy in the box or you shift over or you do whatever you need to do because that went on all game long and i talked about it that the defensive um backs were going to have to be a part of the run game, and it showed up. I know Ryan Neal was uh, second in tackles today, but what is the best option there? Well, I mean, I don't know that you can, like, you know, bring in an extra defensive lineman, you know, or something like that to cover, but you almost have to just play it the way people would play the 13 personnel with the three tight ends, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so uh, if you're going to be take a DB or second-level person, it's going to have to take on, you know, a bigger – uh, tight end type body, right? And uh, because honestly, like even when they brought in those big guys, a lot of the runs were inside of those. Where because when they were stringing it out, mm-hmm. we made those tackles. But when they ran up inside of that big bunch uh, combination, is when they were making yards. So uh, it still comes down to the interior of that defensive line, really you know, doing the damage and, and forcing making things bounce to the outside like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I guess I asked that because it's not so much of the scheme. And you talked about being flat turbo and the energy really wasn't there. They started slow, and that showed with the score, of course. They came out, it was 17-0. But um, how you beat being flat or just being tired, it it comes down to execution and technique, right? You're not always going to be super hyped. Um, You're not 
always going to have the most energy. Um, and, you know, it's getting late in the season, so doing things right helps that, right? So on defense, um, I haven't watched the film and nobody's seen the film yet, but the execution must be better. Yep. Tell the truth Monday should be intense if I am this coaching staff, man. We're being real and uh, we're being honest. But before I get more from you, Turbo, let's go to Jim Miller. She's standing by with Quentin Jefferson. Hugh, you expected these guys to run the ball. Did they do it differently? Because I'm just looking at the touches and the way that they divvy them up. Did they, did they do them differently than you expected? Um, they ran counter and power. You know, they, uh, they ran great game plan, you know. They pulled our, our backer out of the box because they were throwing those screens, so we had to honor that. And it just, yeah, the fits, it made the fits weird. It was just, yeah, it was great, great game, game plan by them. You know, uh, but, you know, we had to come in and get it fixed. You know, it's a copycat league. You know, if something happens, the team's going to just copy that. So, uh, yeah, you know, tip my hats off to them. They played a great game today. All those cutbacks, how do you prevent that from happening? Um, just being, being gapped out. Everybody in they, they got playing discipline. And it's really basic stuff, you know. It's just with them especially too, they run it, they run it, run it, and then hoping and you make a mistake. You know, it's like you gotta play discipline down after down after down after down after down. It's hard, it's tough. You know, but we gotta do it, especially a team like that. Can you measure the loss of Al Woods not having him the second half? Um, it hurts, you know, having that big fella out there, he eats up a lot of guys, but you know, we got a lot of guys who need to gotta step up. You gotta step up, gotta answer the call. Did they start running more power after he was out of the game? It looked like maybe they went right up the gut there. Um, no, I think they were running. They ran it earlier too. But it's one of them. They stick with what they do. They came in with a game plan and stuck with it and kept running. They kept running, hoping like, hey, y'all gonna mess up or somebody's gonna be out the gap. And they stuck to their game plan. What's the fix for the defense and that run defense? Uh, just discipline. Discipline. <laughs> be accountable. We're supposed to be. And yes, yeah, it could be boring and it's long, but we gotta yeah, be disciplined. Does it come down? I know that Clint Hurt wouldn't say this, but do you think it comes down to some of the youth and some guys playing more than they have and taking on longer responsibilities? No, I believe we got everybody we need in here and guys can do it, you know, and have done it. We just, yeah, it's just down after down. Got to do it. Got to make it happen. We all we got, everybody in this room, we got to make it happen. If there's anything telling, guys are saying the same things. Like, it's not like every guy's stepping up and, and there's a new problem that's going on, something new that needs to be fixed. It's telling. It could be frustrating. You can look at it that way. Uh, but at least they're going to sit down and watch the film and say, okay, this is the thing that we need to fix. It's all about staying in your gaps. That's something that I hear constantly yeah, with yeah, these guys. That, that too. And then uh, if you go all the way back to the Tampa Bay game, and then we were interviewing Cody, and Cody was saying, like, oh, man, they, they ran these plays we didn't expect them to run. Like, we, did, we hadn't seen these plays on film. And then the same kind of thing happens. You know, there was some talk around, like, hey, good game plan by the Raiders. And then there was another talk, you know, the Rams had a different scheme where they were the fly sweep and stuff, and they were more ready for the in-the-box stuff. And then today to, to hear, like, hey, they had a good game plan. Like, that, to me, may speak to, like, are you self-evaluating yourself in a way that you can kind of start to predict how people are going to try to, like he just said, they motioned the one backer out of the, out of the box and then they ran counter and things like that. So like, how, like I think there needs to be some self-scouting and understanding how people are trying to attack you 
so that you can counter what they're trying to do. Because this is the fourth week in a row that something around that that verbiage has come up. And and so, uh, you know, I don't know what the answer to it. I don't know what the, you know, I'm not the coach. I'm not in the, the rooms and things. But you can't have four games in a row where you're going, where you got out schemed or you got out game plan. Like that, to me, that says something. Like, and I'm not trying to, you know, call, I'm not the coach. But that says something to me. If, if you're saying like, man, they had a great game plan. Well, man, this, we need to have a great game plan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like we need to figure out what, where their weaknesses are and attack those weaknesses, make them dictate to them, not letting them dictate to us. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm like bump. It's good that everyone is kind of saying the same thing. I love that, you know, uh, um, uh, my man was talking about the mentality before the game and then after the game, Bruce talking about, hey, man, like the mentality and all that stuff, we just got to go get it done. Uh, but uh, but there has to be something going on in how you're game planning and then people executing that game plan. Seems to be a disconnect, you know. Just like you said, Ray, if you go back to that Tampa Bay game, it was like, well, you know, we came into the game expecting a lot of passing and they end up running the ball a lot. You know, we go back to the Raiders and it was like, well, we spent a lot of attention on Devontae Adams and we really didn't hone in on Josh Jacobs like that. So it sounds like potentially there's this disconnect between what the coaches are, are wanting to do, what they're expecting, and then, you know, how the players are then going out there and executing it. Uh, but I still, you know, I, I hate to, you know, beat a dead horse uh, to, to, you know, so to speak, but, it it really to me comes down to like if you're a player and you're doing these inter- and you're talking about oh they did a good job scheming against this man you got beat man you you know like not it it feels like we're kind of searching for you know answers that's why we keep hearing the same thing over and over again when at the end of the day you're gonna put on the tape and you're just gonna see one team just being just being better at executing their stuff than the other. And we have to fix that. I would agree with that, Turbo. Um, scheme is only going to take you so far, right? And the coach could only lead you just as far as he can go from the sideline, right? But you got to execute and you got to make it happen. And we talked about this earlier in the season that we thought maybe the guys were being robotic, right? But then you kind of took the gloves off and they was able to go now. So what is it now, right? So you got to find a way – to get dirty and make those plays on defense. It's not just about being in the right spot, doing what play is called and all that kind of stuff. You got to create havoc. You got to disrupt and you got to make it happen. And these guys know that, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to find a way to do it. You can't just talk about it. You got to find a way to do it. And I know this is what they're going to be talking about in the meetings because that's football, right? Mm-hmm. But you just got to find a way to make it happen. You know, the, the one thing I would say that's good about short weeks, y'all, is that you don't game plan as much. Like, right. you, 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 mm-hmm. you, because you don't have as much time, you have to simplify the game plan. And sometimes, like, we talk about scheme, scheme, scheme. Like, too much scheme is, like, too much to think about. You can't right. play fast now because right. you're thinking. You know what I mean? You're trying to get off the ball, but it's like, where am I supposed to be at? You know, with a short, condensed week, less game planning, Less plays that you got to think about and focus on might be an opportunity for for our team to be able to play freer and come out with a big win. I'll leave you with this before we get into the break. My co-host, Stacey Rost. Each of the following players has recorded season highs in rushing yards against the Seahawks. Cardell Patterson, 141. Jamal Williams, 108. Taysom Hill, 112. Alvin Kamara, 101. Kyler Murray, 100. Rashad Wright, 105. Josh Jacob, 229. 
Chubba Hubbard, 74. We all know what the problem is, right? Let's get to work. All right, coming up next, we are going to go through some highlights. There were some highlights, some big plays being made on this game. That's coming up next in your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. It's time to break down some of these highlights from the Carolina Panthers and Seahawks game. First, the Panthers come out. They go on a drive. They put three points on the board, but then J.C. Horn intercepts Geno Smith on the first play from scrimmage. And he starts out out of the shotgun, and he's going to throw as he rolls left on first down. Fires downfield, and it's going to be picked off. First play of the game. Coming back across the 40, it's Horn. Spins out of a tackle down to the 35. Stumbles and falls at the 15-yard line. And not the start the Seahawks wanted. As the ball looked like it was forced a little bit. By Geno Smith, just espousing his great numbers, only six picks on the season, and he threw that one right into the teeth of coverage. J.C. Horn, the second-year player out of South Carolina, picks it off, and the Panthers are in absolutely terrific position here in the red zone, just inside the 15-yard line. A good play by Mr. J.C. Horn there. They was running like a uh, flood concept there, and the cornerback made a good play. It came off his man, man. It came down in between. The spacing was a little tight there, but give credit to the corner. He made it happen. The Panthers waste no time capitalizing on that interception. Sam Darnold finds Shai Smith for a 13-yard touchdown. One play after that interception, 10-0 Panthers. Slot left side, Darnold under center. Play fake. He's going to roll left. Has a man. At the end zone, touchdown, Carolina. As getting out there to make the catch, Shai Smith, one of the backup wide receivers, was running uncovered at the goal line. He catches the touchdown, and the Seahawks are a point away from being down 10-0 here in this first quarter at home to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and I think Smith came from the, the left side of the offense, came across uh, the field, and I don't know if they got dropped in a zone or whatever, but he ended up wide open in, in the uh, the throwing zone of the quarterback. Touchdown, Seahawks down 10 nothing early. Seahawks will get the football but not be able to get things going, so then the Panthers will get the football. They were going to 12-play, 74-yard drive and make it 17-0. So then the Hawks get the ball back, and they finally respond. They go 7-play, 69 yards. Who do they find? Tyler Lockett for a sixth straight game with a touchdown. Shotgun snap to Geno. Stands, waves, looks, throws into the back edge of it. The end zone. Does he get his feet in? He does. Touchdown, Seahawks. The officials are going to talk about it, but Tyler Lockett looked for all the world like he got his feet down. They're going to take a look at it. It was a over-the-shoulder catch. I mean, at the very back edge of the end zone, Tyler Lockett, who is expert at making those catches, if it stands, it's his eighth touchdown of the season. I think he got him in. Tyler, toe tap, Tyler, tiptoe, Tyler, two feet, something. Call him, we need something for him, okay, because he's the king of getting two feet down and making them spectacular catches when the ball is supposed to, well, when the ball looks like it's going to be out of bounds. Another great example of something he's been doing throughout his entire career. The Panthers would add three points, making the score 20-7, to but then before the half, the Hawks go on a nine-play, 46-yard drive. On third and three, they find DK for 10. On third and eight, they find Goodwin for 14. On third and 10, they find DK once again for his sixth touchdown of the year. Gino from the shotgun. Takes the snap, looks, fires inside, reaching up, making a catch. Touchdown, Seahawks! 
Like I said, when you need a touchdown, you go to DK Metcalf. From 12 yards out, his sixth touchdown catch of the year. And that was like last week. Might not have been the game winner, but it was a dart to DK in the back edge of the end zone. The Seahawks draw to within seven, looking to make it six, 20 to 13. You know, we were talking about DK in the pregame about his uh, his uh, improvement and the things he's been able to do with his route running and working with uh, Tyler on that. But the thing I've been really impressed with is, is the way he's been catching the ball out front with his hands. Uh, before his rookie year, his hands were all over the place or he's doing a whole lot of body catching. But, man, he just snacked, snatched that one right out of the air, touchdown for the Seahawks. Coming out the tunnel at halftime, the Hawks will go nine plays, 51 yards, and be held to a field goal. But then the defense does the same thing to the Panthers, holds them down at the goal line on fourth and goal for a nice turnover. Fourth down and goal from the three. Sam Darnold from the shotgun takes the snap, steps up in the pocket. He's going to get hit. He's going to flip the ball to the end zone. It's incomplete. The Seahawks have stopped Carolina inside the five, and it's going to go over to the Hawks. Great pressure, Quentin Jefferson, Puna Ford. Great job by the defensive front. And it was ultimately Chenonuosu who got his arms wrapped around Darnold and forced the incomplete throw. 34 seconds left to play in the third. Seattle takes over the ball deep in its own end, but they keep the Carolina Panthers out of the end zone, trailing by three, 20 to 17. This was good for the Seahawks defense to stand up, man. Um, Kind of had that bend but don't break thing down there in the red zone and really made it happen down there. And just like uh, Steve Rabel was saying, it was good to see the pressure. It was good to see the energy to get a hit on the quarterback and just making a good play down there. So it was a good look. That was a good stop by that defense there. The offense would take over and couldn't really get things going on third and 10. You find Lockett for 12 yards. You find Disley for 12 and then DK for 17. But then they see another third down and they get sacked. You got to get the football back to the Panthers and they do their thing, man. They go 10 plays, 74 yards. Nice run by Rasheem Blackshear, eight-yard touchdown, making the score 27-17. Second down and four. Carolina can pick up a first down down about the five-yard line. Ball here on the eight. Darnold again from the shotgun. Hands off inside. Ball is run into the end zone for a touchdown. It looked like a couple of tackles missed, and Blackshear took it the rest of the way untouched into the end zone. Carolina is celebrating on the far side as Blackshear takes it in from eight yards out. And it's now a two-score game, and the Seahawks have got a lot of work to do. Yeah, when you get late into a football game and you start to see those plays where the defense looks like they have a player corralled or wrapped up as if they're going to make the play for a tackle, uh, and then they're able to find a way to get out of that and, and either gain some yards or, in this case, getting to the end zone, huge sign of fatigue. And, you know, credit the Carolina Panthers for really wearing down our defense throughout the football game. The Hawks would get the football back with a minute 56 left, and Gina would take these guys down the field and toss a touchdown pass to Marquise Goodwin. 24-yard touchdown, making the score 30-24, to 24, Panthers. Gino looking. Flags are down. Still has it. Still looking. Fires. Ball is caught by Goodwin down inside the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks! So Gino and the Seahawks offense had not given up. It was another offensive Touchdown and an offsides against Carolina. The play stands. That's the fourth TD this year for Marquise Goodwin, who looked like he was going to get decked when he made the catch. He hung on and went in from 24 
to at least make it a little more respectable right here, a 30-23 to 23 game with 16 seconds left. Yeah, I think uh, Marquise had five catches for 95 yards uh, the last few games. He's been a, a bigger presence in the pass game, which helps with the two superstars that you have. So happy for him uh, to be able to get in the end zone and, and then give the Seahawks a fighting chance right at the end. The Hawks will line up for an onside kick, not able to recover it. So then the Panthers get the ball, and what do they do? Get in victory formation and take that knee, and that would be your final score, 32-24. The Panthers come to Lumen and get it done. When we return, we will give you our unsung hero. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. It is now time to give you our unsung hero, who is a guy who contributed but might not get the spotlight or the love that he deserved. I know you guys are frustrated out there, 30 to 24. I'm looking at Twitter, and the Twitter, uh, the tweets coming on on the Twitter are crazy right now. <laughs> All right? So we're going to give you something to smile about. Unsung hero. True, you know, you're not looking at me, so I don't know if you're ready. Mm. Turbo was sitting here writing down some names. So, yeah, uh, I was actually doing something. For once. <laughs> what, you, what you got? What you uh, got? You know, my unsung hero is going to go to Marquise Goodwin. Okay. Young Keese. Uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I think it's interesting. At the start of the season, we were talking about, okay, at the wide receiver position, we know that we got DK and Tyler, who's going to fill that third receiver void, mm-hmm. you know? And Freddie Swain was a guy that we all thought would fill that void, and he ends up getting cut and and uh and then maybe it was going to be d eskridge who's your guy bump and we're all still rooting for him i think d is still has the potential to be a a a good football player but you know just hasn't been able to stay healthy and 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 those kind of things and we've seen penny hart get out there here and there uh but nobody that's been able to really stick and to me marquise goodwin now to has kind of stood out as that formidable as that solid number three receiver and he had a great game today, five catches. But he's been really sparking all season long. He's been making incredible plays. And so uh, he's my unsung hero uh, for this football game. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. Big Ray, that dude, 72. Well, you know, it's kind of – we always try to, like, you know, speak of dudes that are doing something on the side of the ball that may have contributed to the win. or But but this game was like an all-around all kind of team, team loss. But uh, I think I'm going to go with my man Bruce Irvin. Bruce Irvin was sitting on the couch just a few weeks ago, you know, and he's come in. I don't think he was expecting to be to play this many plays or be the starter, all these things. But he has had an impact on on the game and on players in the locker room. And then today he got a sack uh, today and uh, and he was what fourth on the team in tackles with six overall. So I'm going to go with my man, Bruce Irvin. Bruce Irvin. I like it. True. Who you got? All right, Bump. My guys, and I put an S on guys. it because I'm going to go two so guys. I'm going to pull a turbo. Plural. <laughs> yeah. You pulling a Ray, too. Ray had key hawks. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, I, right. Stay, I stay true to the letter of the word. You know? <laughs> right. Um, for me, I know the defense had a tough day, right? But when you are going against a team that run the balls, and if anything breaks, if anything breaks loose, your safeties are your last line of defense. And – I continue to talk about Ryan Neal and his play. He, he plays through injury. Um, he, he just brings the energy and he brings the intensity. Diggs does the same thing. And they were in a lot of plays and they made a lot of tackles. And they came to work, right? It's just not about the coverage all the time. You got to get in there and you got to get dirty. And they both did it. And 
they saved some long runs, right? It could have been even worse, but your safeties, again, are your last line of defense, and they showed up. So uh, those are my guys. I felt like they came out, and they did the job to the best of their ability. All right. Those are great picks, but you guys are all wrong, man. Mm. How you going to sleep on Godwin Igwe Buke? Mm. Big returns at a 30-something-yarder, a 50-yarder, set up some scoring drives, man. Without him and the way this offense wasn't clicking, wasn't vibing, who knows what would have happened. Big so, facts. Well, the, it was the enunciation that got – I had to go with something that was more – you know, conducive to how I can talk. If you're scared, say you're scared. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. Godwin Igwe Buke. Turbingo. <laughs> Turbingo. Igwe Buke. Oh, no, all those are good picks, man. I mean, unsung heroes are all across the, uh, the field, right? I mean, your quarterbacks, your running backs, your receivers, the guys making a bunch of tackles. The big names are going to get all the love, but we all know how this game goes, man. You need everybody on this team, even in a loss that hurts like today. Plus, he just got here, too. So what? That don't mean he can't be Still an unsung hero. He contributed. Okay. In a big way, yeah. I, I feel, feel, so I feel like I feel I like Trevor wants to agree with you, but he, he's he trying to find ways he, to not agree. That's the thing. Like, he was going to use <laughs> it, but he didn't right. say the name. He ain't even got no green stripes yet. I think it's scratched name. out on his paper as you look at his notes. <laughs> Igwe, he said, nah, I'm good. All right, hey, when we return, man, we will give you a preview of next week's game or this week's game on Thursday, and then um, – how does this team get to the playoffs, man? That's coming up next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. It hurts right now. I'm not going to lie. It hurts. Panthers come in here. They waving goodbye to our fans. Disrespectful, all right? But here's the deal, man. You only won one game out of the playoffs right now, honestly. If the Giants keep losing. Which but, they will. Which they will. Okay, you got, they got the Commanders. They got... The Vikings, they got Indy, and they got Philly. There's a chance. There's a team you need to look out for, though. They're chomping at the heels right now. The big race. Yes, sir. The Detroit Lions. Mm. Them boys is playing some good ball right now. But if the Seahawks can continue to win, and well, not continue, just to win, and uh, do what no one expects them to do on Thursday, which is beat the San Francisco 49ers, you're putting yourself in the fight. You're putting yourself in the fight. So, um. How do we do that, Ray? How do we do this? Well, I, I think it's going to be, you know, a lot about what this the, this team's, like, internal fortitude, right? Like, what, what are – and, like, I think Gino said it best at the podium today, uh, and he was like, it's nothing that he can say at the podium that's going to that's gonna put them into the playoffs. They have to go out and perform and win the games. And so, uh, like you said – the only way they can control their destiny is to control the business that's in front of them, and that's this Thursday with the 49ers, and then it's one game after that. And so even within that game, it's one play after the next play after the next play. It's not even like quarter to quarter. It's play to play to play uh, that they have to show that, uh, that, this, that they are a playoff team, and they have to play that way. It's one game at a time, and you just have to go into each game uh, as if it's already the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, e- e- each win is really critical uh, at this moment right now for the Seattle Seahawks. If they want to be able to make the playoffs, we're going to likely need some help. I-, I-, I see the Giants probably winning one game out of those last four. I think the com- I think they'll lose the commanders next week. I, I-, I see the commanders getting in. It- it's the Lions, really, the other team that's the next closest. I, I-, I think Green Bay will play themselves out. Um, and, and we have the tiebreaker over Detroit. So, uh, I, I, you know, I see you squeezing in there. You know, if I look at the other teams in the NFC that are kind of just uh, on the ropes, 
so to speak, similar situations to us, the Giants, the Commanders, Seahawks, Lions. You know, I think it's the Seahawks and Commanders in that six and seven spot that that figure out a way to make it in. I like it, Turbo. As a team, as a franchise, the Seahawks got to lock in, man. This feast or famine kind of uh, thing that we've been seeing, I think we got to make this thing plain, dry, <laughs> boring, but consistent, right? Do all the the little things, the technique, and just being in the right spot, and let's get some low-scoring games to do whatever we need to do, but the big plays, the explosive plays, the missed tackles and um, sacks and different stuff like that. Pete Carroll talked about this um, earlier in the week. I thought um, I think he talked about the explosive plays. Let's get that out of our game, and let's just do the basics, man, and do the basics right for four quarters and just make it happen, man. Of course, all these different scenarios, and that's cool for us to talk about. That's cool for the fans, but the team – needs to get back to doing the basics right over and over and over again. Basic. Go back to basic training. Back to the basics. Basic training. Come on, let's get it done. Today's final score, Panthers 30, Seahawks 24.